and welcome to episode 89 of the BMcast. Not a podcast that plays Krakushima, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I am Scott, and this week I am joined by the agent of Bolas himself, Logan, aka Seraph6 on Twitter. Logan, welcome along. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, and also tell me how you're doing today. Hey there, Scott. I am Logan. I go by Seraph6 online. You've probably seen me in a Discord server or on Twitter or something, whether that's with my cat or playing Commander, who knows. Uh, I'm a sysadmin by profession. I'm a community admin by hobby. Uh, I do like tech support, consulting, managing and moderating Discord servers and communities, uh, Twitch streams as well. And I even build PCs for people. I've done about 21 since the beginning Mm. of 2020. Been very busy lately with work and training a new guy after we got rid of a guy who didn't work out (laughs) so life's been very busy but uh just winding down i'm i'm flying out literally this this friday to Mm -hmm. see friends for an entire week and just jam games and eat good food and relax and not do anything of consequence that sounds so cool yeah it's gonna be great um (laughs) But other than that, I've been enjoying my latest commander deck. Uh, I upgraded the Kotori precon to oh, yeah. blue white vehicles, and it's been, uh, gosh, I wanted to do a car pun, but all I can think of is it's been a blast. <laughs> it's, it's been, I've taken it to the next gear. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, yeah, how, how k- you been doing, it up Scott? a few gears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I've been good. I've been good. Uh, doing a lot better than um, your pun game today, it seems, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I am good. I have an article out this week, as usual, and it is about the charms that have been previewed so far from Streets of New Capenna and how they might shape up for commanders. So there's the Obscura charm, there's the Cabaretti charm, and there's Maestro's charm. So that is live on Card Kingdom now, if you want to check that out after the show, go right ahead. But nice. random plugging things aside, I've actually had a relatively uneventful week and it's been kind of nice because it's been generally pretty hectic between a number of different things. Like nothing particularly major. It's just, you know, when you have a load of small things on and it feels like your days are just full because you're mm-hmm. going nonstop. Yeah. This week has been the first time in about like three months where it hasn't felt like that. And that has been uh, very, very nice. Yeah. I got to go to my LGS and play Modern. I went 3-1 with Azorius Affinity. Yeah, it feels good to sit down and play in paper again, which, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to do this coming week, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of Commander, I have actually been brewing uh, a couple of different decks because I'm looking for like a unique sort of self-discard themed deck and i really love the partner commanders specifically the uncommon ones i'm torn at the moment between armix and tormod as some sort of like mono black artifact sub theme kind of self-discard weird mm-hmm. job and the other option is ghost of ramirez de pietro and tormod as like a mm. cycling themed like blue black cycling maybe yeah both are fantastic i have both brewed i might just end up building and buying both possibly We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Outside of magic, <laughs> Elden Ring is still taking up all of my free time. There's not anything I can really add to this that I haven't already said in the last three weeks. Like, I'm still on my first playthrough, despite having, like, I think at this point it's over 100 hours. Jeez. In it. Yeah. Like, the game's enormous. It's super, super long. And 
I don't have a lot of free time in in like large quantities at any given point like it's normally like oh, i've got a half an hour free so normally the first like five ten minutes is like getting my bearings of what i was doing again and continuing on and then i have to stop to go and do something which means that i have to go and spend that first like portion trying to like get back into it again so yeah it is it is taking a long long time but you know what i'm not really complaining because i'm a a big fan so far so have you been playing any games yourself, actually, Logan? Uh, I've been playing an absolute ton of Destiny 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got back in it at the uh, the final season of the last expansion. And so, like, the mm-hmm. new expansion just came out in February. My friends and I have just been, like, rocking through it. We, we even mm. did, like, the uh, the day one raid experience. Uh, we didn't clear it in, in the, the contest mode, but mm-hmm. uh, cleared it within the first, like, little... You get like a pretty much a week week and a half to beat it mm-hmm. and if you do then you can go on their website you can buy the the raid jacket so i got the raid jacket on order it's my first nice. raid jacket and i can't wait it's, it looks really cool that's sweet. Uh, yeah it's it's magic magic and guns in space it's it's fun <laughs> that sounds really cool i tried destiny 2 for a little while and i never really got into it because i didn't have anyone else to play with ah. every time every time i've talked to someone about the game it's been very much like the experience has always been from a me and my friends went and did this thing. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a solo game. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's definitely a lot that you have to rely on for that, that kind of like group experience to get things done. Mm. Uh, especially when so many of the things at the top level are not match made. And so you either have to utilize external resources like discords for looking for group stuff mm. or find people to play with as a regular group. So I've been fortunate enough that, like, I've got a hometown crew that we've added on some internet friends, and we've got a regular set of at least six to do the raids. Nice. Uh, Generally, we've got, like, eight to ten people that are interested in playing, so we kind of rotate in and out, and it's it's been good. Sweet. If you enjoy the BMcast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. Not only will you get access to all of the show notes and deck lists, but you get to listen to the new episodes a day earlier than anyone else. Visit patreon.com forward slash the BMcast to join today. There are also free ways to support them too. Just listening to the show is already great. You can follow them on their Twitter at the BMcast as well, and even DM them for a link to the Discord server. No matter your budget, we'll make sure you get your stonks on. All right. So, Logan, as is tradition, any guest that pops along normally has a card of the week. And I hear you have quite a leery one for us this week. It's the stupidest card that I've ever found. <laughs> so this all came about when I was brewing my Naeth of the Dire Hunt deck. Mm-hmm. And it's the first Gruel Commander that I've actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, you can run this this commander as mono green too if you wanted. That's uh, got that hybrid pip. So I guess for context, Naeth of the Dire Hunt is a four mana like two GG three three. She's a human warrior, legendary. Whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, draw a card. And she has another line: at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay two hybrid red green if you do 
double target creature's power until end of turn, that creature must be blocked this combat if able. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing all my like deck tech, and I'm like, oh, how can I... A lot of people are like, oh, I'll just put in all the fight cards. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how do I make things get blocked to draw cards? Because I want to draw cards. It's the blue mm-hmm. thing to do in Gruel. <laughs> <laughs> so I come across this old Onslaught card named Leary Fogbeast for three mana, two and a G. This beast is a 4-2. Whenever Leary Fogbeast becomes blocked, prevent all combat damage that we dealt this turn. Mm-hmm. And now you're thinking, why would I want to prevent combat damage? Well, the cool thing is, I've got Naeth out. I've got Leary Fogbeast. I swing with Leary Fogbeast. Do you want to take four, or do you want to let me draw a card? You know? That's... I see. So they block it. I draw a card. That's that's great. It's it's the easy mm-hmm. tech. And you're like, ah, oh, Logan. Well, that's just like, you know, one scenario. It's only good in that deck. Well, let me introduce you to my buddy, Questing Beast. Okay. Questing Beast, in that giant block of text that mm-hmm. everybody forgets what it says, there's one line that says, combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, combat gets fogged, but yours doesn't, and it just goes through. Oh. So you can use Naeus' ability to force Leary Fog Beast to be blocked. You can also oh, use any nice. kind of lure effect, like lure, Indric Umbra, Noble Quarry, uh, Gift of the Data, depending on what colors you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you force the block, but your damage goes through. Uh, another great one that's in that deck is Malignus, mm-hmm. who everybody's like, oh, Malignus is that big one, you know? Mm-hmm. Power and toughness equal to half the highest life total among opponents. Yeah. But he has that other line, damage that would be dealt by Malignus can't be prevented. So right. you swing in with Malignus, you force the block <laughs> on Leary Fogbeast, combat's fogged, Malignus still deals damage. This is hilarious. It's great. <laughs> uh, here's another classic one from, you know, one of the most expensive uh, sets in Magic, The Dark. Mm-hmm. It's a little card called Whippoorwill. I'm sorry. One more time. Whip or will. <laughs> I'm literally opening Scryfall to look at this as we speak. What is this? So whip or will is a 1-1 one, one bird. It doesn't even fly. And it has a double green activated ability. Target creature can't be regenerated this turn. Damage that would be dealt to that creature this turn can't be prevented or dealt instead to another permanent or player. When that creature dies this turn, exile the creature. So you can... Swing in with everything, force the block on Leary Fog Beast, fog combat, activate Whippoorwill before damage. The damage still goes through to the creature that you've targeted, which mm-hmm. would be an opponent's creature, and then it dies and gets exiled. What is, <laughs> what is this nonsense? <laughs> this, buck, yeah. this card is only like a, a buck, buck 40 US from the dark. <laughs> So you got crazy tech like this. And then, of course, like you can always just default to the classics, right? Mm-hmm. Skullcrack. Players can't gain life this turn. Damage uh-huh. can't be prevented this turn. Three damage to target player. So yeah. you swing in. They block. You know, all this damage is going to go through that they, they think is not. Like, they just they just block the Leary Fog Beast and not the other creatures. Yeah. And then you skullcrack them in the head. <laughs> 
that's, that's and then all of your the rest of your damage goes through <laughs> i'm a big fan of this yeah another one like for just one red is wild slash which has oh, ferocious yeah. mm-hmm. leery fog beast is a four two it triggers ferocious that is that is very nice Two damage to target creature or player. Oh, it's any target now. Sorry, they updated that. Two damage to any target, mm-hmm. and damage can't be prevented. <laughs> There's even literally just, like, flaring pain is a two-mana instant. Oh, yeah. Damage can't be prevented this turn with flashback. Even uh, the Bone Crusher Giant Adventure uh, Stomp, damage can't be prevented this damage turn. Damage can't be prevented, yeah. So you, nice. you toss in all of these little, like, combat trick bits. Mm-hmm. Like, you can put the ones, like, the static ones, like, you know, Ley Line of Punishment. Uh, mm-hmm. Players can't gain life. Damage can't be prevented. But that, like, t- shows your hand, right? Yeah, yeah. So you use these little combat trick versions or, like, use Whip or Will. It's like, you, no, nobody knows what you're going to do. And, uh, That's, yeah, you just kind of like get away with it. So Leary Fog Beast is my pick for this week because while he seems like a very terrible card... Uh, I picked up a foil for twenty five cents US. <laughs> it's it's been my favorite card to play in in that commander deck out of any of them. Like even the I I got like a great henge in there. I love mm-hmm. this more than great henge. <laughs> See, I was gonna say, Logan, when when we were talking about like organizing this episode and I was like, you know, bring along a card of the week, <laughs> you were like, Yeah, Leary Fogby, so I was like <gasps> Uh, are you okay? Like, what is this? <laughs> but now, now that you've like put context on it, this is this is badass. This is so cool. Yeah, I like this a lot. It's so, like in itself, the card doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, but when you, in conjunction, use all these other cool cards that interact with the way, uh, you know, damage can't be prevented or forcing blocks to get things done. Mm. Um, yeah, it just becomes a really cool tech piece in the right kind of deck. That's really awesome. I love this a lot. This is one of, I think this is one of my favorite card of the weeks that we've had. Also, like the art on it is so good. The art is gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> good job. That was a good one. Thank you. So let's get down to the meat and bones of the episode. Logan, one of the main reasons that we have you on, apart from the fact that you're, you know, general good person and good friend, that you manage a lot of online communities, like, for example, the likes of Prof over at Tulane Community College and mm-hmm. Commander RC, Discord and that kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in basically everybody's Discord. Yeah, far too many. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> a lot of it's just because I have a hard time saying no, and I have a hard, even harder time, like, not offering my services to people who didn't even ask. <laughs> so you're basically in like everybody's server and honestly at this point like anytime I see you now this, this is personally anytime I see your name in a server I know that like the server's okay. The server's good. You know, <laughs> because you wouldn't be there if it wasn't. Yeah. And because you are, you know, having an impact on it or, or having some sort of influence on it, particularly any of the ones where you have like the admin or mod status or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. which let's be real is basically also all of them as well. But yeah. it means that your impact on this is is going to be felt because all of these communities and stuff that you're in, they're all very well managed. They're all given space to cultivate what they want out of their space. And, you know, I can't be the only person that looks at this and sees the common denominator of you throughout all of these. So (laughs) I would like to sort of pick your brain a little bit today about 
different communities because you're in loads of different ones, like you were saying, and they're not all the same. Right. And you, there's there's no sort of one size fits all sort of plan for a say Discord server or whichever to, that you could just throw at a server and be like, there you go, it's done. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more sort of nuance to it and try and get a, a better understanding about it because there are some listeners here that you know might want to start their own Discord server or might be a part of one that they might have some influence or modding capabilities over that they might want to help try and improve. And I think it might be a, a really useful resource to sort of have this all in in one spot by sure. basically the, the subject matter expert in the magic community when it comes <laughs> to this stuff. So. so yeah, like a lot of times when somebody asks me like, hey, how can you help me improve my Discord server or make it easier for my members to you know, see the content I put out or get information they need or even something as simple as like, oh, how, how can I help my members find like magic pods to play in mm. uh, outside of the big servers, you know? And so I, I sort of like always start with a my cookie cutter setup and I have like an announcements section. There's an announcements channel. There's a mm-hmm. rules and info channel that has like the rules for the server. It has some other things like a pronoun bot. It has maybe like select like opt-in reaction roles to get pinged for like on profs when a new YouTube video gets posted. It, it pings mm-hmm. the YouTube ping one that you can opt in for, or for Olivia's whenever her Twitch channel goes live, it pings the Twitch ping role. Um, mm-hmm. Things of that nature. So I just kind of like start with those. I have channels that automatically post socials and videos and things like that. Yeah. And then from there, I kind of adapt to what the server needs. Do they need the Scryfall bot? Is, like if it's a magic server, yeah, probably. Do they need some kind of scheduling bot? Do they want to do uh, LFG, like looking for games and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, do they want to find other people to play with? Then I grab like Spellbot is one that helps you spin up like looking for games for any pod and after the pod fills it automatically generates a spell table link for you and and dms it to you Mm. sort of breaking it down of what do these communities need what are they interested in sharing what would help them grow as a community of their own because the people that are going to one person's discord are not the same that would necessarily be in somebody else's yeah you, for example, like the Commander RC Discord, you see them joining more as, hey, this is an official hub for these authority figures mm. and interacting with them, sharing with them. And we've tried to, over the past two years, kind of encourage folks to share more about their Commander experiences and deck building and things. And it's grown yeah. massively. Like we're at six mm. like over 6500 members now jeez um and it's not just because of like insert discourse of the week yeah it's people that are actively joining to collaborate and chat about their favorite format yeah uh the difference with profs is the majority of his server is locked down to patrons or twitch subs it's it's a perk or an incentive of mm supporting him financially so that he can continue to produce his videos. And he actually even pays us mods to help around with this court and whatnot. Yeah. He pays everybody that does work for him, which is awesome Mm -hmm. for his community. We just recently opened up the general 
sections, just a couple channels there, so like for his Kickstarter and you know introductions and general chat. Yeah. But then we opened up a whole looking for games area, and we've had like almost two thousand people come in since we opened it up a week ago, and mm-hmm. just jamming games, no problems, like just like an L- uh, LGS with folks coming in and sitting down and me- making new friends and having a great time. Nice. I know that you mentioned that Prof's Discord is generally for patron members and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed in your experience, are these quote-unquote paywalled Discords, are they different? Like, do they differ in terms of, like, the user base and, like, their general approach to interacting in the server, yeah? Generally, like, from my experience, if you've got people who are you know giving somebody money mm-hmm. they're not as bad as the people who just come in for free <laughs> not yeah. to say that folks who can't afford to support their content create favorite content creators of course or yeah. or whoever they're not bad people it's just that people aren't going to pay money to be jerks right there's a thing from a moderation <laughs> standpoint where you you see those kinds of behaviors from certain types of people not to mm-hmm. generalize that's just the way things are if somebody is not supporting and it's not because they can't afford it and, and you know, they, they want to, but they can't mm. generally it's because they might have some kind of hidden motive or mm. they might not be there for the right reasons. So we'll have folks that come into the commander discord and yeah. they may have a particularly nasty username or you mm-hmm. see kind of a hint of that they they might be uh, a bad faith kind of actor right but they won't even make the effort to click the verified button to get the role that allows them to chat Mm. so there's a it's like it's an effort made kind of thing yeah generally trolls don't like to actually make an effort they want the easy way to come in and say something shitty and then you know roll with it but you make it difficult by putting in these little like oh, you have to click a button before you can talk. <laughs> or at least with the paywalled kind of stuff, yeah. we're not trying to keep people out. It's sort of like a, for profs, his whole thing up until recently was like patron only because it was a perk of support. Yeah, out of But now we yeah. wanted to open these up and say, hey, come here and play games and find people to play with. But we're going to keep these sections paywalled for the people mm-hmm. that do support as an incentive Yeah, to, to support. So... We've had some people that have come in and like, oh, I can't chat in this channel. And it's like, oh, yeah, here's why. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. They don't they don't yeah. like downplay it. They don't say it's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, OK, I totally get that. Like you open up this stuff. It's all free here to join and chat in these channels. But yeah. if I want to deck tech my stuff, I the minimum you have to do is drop a one dollar like patron sub. Yeah. And since we've done this, we've seen like. 30 to 40 new patrons within a couple days because they are like this is awesome i love this i want to support this and then they Mm. subscribe yeah that's fantastic and it's great to hear that like since opening it up it it sounds like it's all just gone well over there as well yeah not having to worry about a lot of the negative things that you see on some other more public big servers like Mm. you know it it depends on on who they are and, and how what kinds of people are being drawn to those things Yeah, with the commander RC one. It's not a bad place, 
but you see those bad faith actors pulled in from the discourse that happens in other locations, whether that be Twitter or Reddit. Yeah. Uh, with profs, you don't really see it as much. I've had maybe a handful of people I've had to ban. Most of them are just because they are people I banned on other servers, and it was like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't want that kind of attitude in this server, so we're just going to yeah. get that. Um, yeah. But for the most part, you don't see the same kinds of people coming in and trying to cause trouble because Prof is not a, a rules committee member on the Commander RC. Mm. You know, for the Commander yeah. format, he he's not the one that's making decisions for them. He's critical about the things that he's passionate about, whether that's Wizards or Commander or Popper or Modern, whatever. Yep. Or gaming products like deck boxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you see it on like the Commander RC, you know some topic comes up and people assume things and then they come in and they want to be so passionate and chat and chat mm -hmm. and really like hit some topic hard. And so we have rules in place that are just pretty much no different than anywhere else. You know, don't dominate yeah. chat when you've made your point and it's been clear, know when to end it. Mm -hmm. Moderators will have to sometimes step in and say, all right, you made your point. You're not getting anywhere with anybody else. Let's, let's cut yeah. this off and move on. Which kind of leads me into that bit of like mod having a, a good team of moderators and delegating control to them to handle situations. So right. I have yeah. like a mod handbook. It has detailed how to use the bots, how to handle situations with users when things escalate, who to, you know, escalate that to hmm. uh, like reach out to me or reach out to a, a CAG or RC member and, and say, Hey, this this person is doing, you know, X, Y, Z. How do we handle it? We have yeah. a channel and this is a channel that I put in multiple discords. It's a like mod watch list. It's like, Hey, this person has been exhibiting kind of questionable behavior. Yeah. Just making a note of it. And then we can go back and reference it later. If it, if they're ref like their name comes up again, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, they've had issues in the past. Mm. And then we might like pull them aside to talk to them. We might, purposefully say something in the public channel depending if they need to have something a little more public exposure where it's like right you're, you're trying to make it a learning moment for others too that yeah. may not have broken the rules but they're getting close mm -hmm. for and sure. just sort of like you know hey here's here's the things not to do and, and so having a, a reliable moderator team that you can trust to handle those situations is like key to anything yeah obviously it goes to show you how how good I would be at like setting up discords for other people but like I didn't even think about like having any sort of like ha like you would need a handbook or like a how-to on for mods and stuff because they all need to be singing off the same hymn sheet as well because you can't have yeah. one mod thinking I'm gonna treat this this way and then someone else doing something different because then it looks like there's discord pun intended within the the mod <laughs> team and yeah like I, I could see how that could cause problems in itself yeah, everybody has their own opinions, their own interests, their own biases. And so when you come down to having a mod team that is handling things consistently, depending mm -hmm. regardless of who the mod is, we have some that that's like all they, all they play is CDH on the commander discord. Yeah. Uh, some play only casual stuff, but not favoring one type of player over another in, mm -hmm. in the chat and saying, all right, you know, this this conversation is devolving into something that's not good. Let's yeah. back it off. 
so making sure that you know the moderators are all approaching it like uh, you know hot button topic comes up hey uh, you know in mod chat we're like hey here's how we're going to handle this situation most recently with a popular youtube channel that had some stuff come up Mm. (laughs) uh you know that that bleeds into communities and so we say all right if somebody mentions it here's how we handle it um statements have already been made we just don't want the the conversation here kind of thing Mm -hmm. so always guiding users to the right lines of conversation not trying to censor anybody necessarily Mm -hmm. but you know these are all they're they're public servers but they're technically privately controlled spaces we have the ultimate decision on what people talk about say hey this Mm. this is not something we want to have a conversation about here so yeah that's fair and when it comes to moderators like handling situations and that kind of thing when it comes to them trying to be like impartial or unbiased is that is that sometimes a tricky thing because you know obviously like you said like everybody does have their own bias that if it's something that they feel they need to weigh in on, because say like, for example, if it's something that like is promoting say intolerance or something, that's not really something that you would want mods to necessarily stay unbiased on. Sometimes it right. it is a case of where you will be like, no, hold on. We need to talk about this. And we need to sort of nip it in the bud and take a stance as opposed to just being like, we don't want that here or, yeah. you know, take it elsewhere or something. So, there's a huge difference, you know, between like, oh, like commander power levels or deck building preferences versus real life impactful things like bigotry and hatefulness and things of that nature. And so we like one of my my very first rules on nearly every server I have, keep it respectful and polite. All levels of skill and play are allowed here and we celebrate Magic's diverse player base. This server is LGBTQ plus and pronoun friendly. It's pretty much that same cookie cutter statement as rule number one on every server that I have. And yeah. intolerance is not allowed. You know, don't yeah. don't crap on people for being different. We have the, the pronoun roles there so that people can see what somebody else's pronouns are if they opt into using those mm-hmm. to reference them with the proper pronouns. And... So when somebody is being specifically disrespectful, like misgendering or uh, insulting based on a real-life hateful kind of things, we shut that down. And those users yeah. are pretty much always banned right off the bat. Um, mm. you, you can kind of read into it, kind of verging into the, the next topic of like signs of bad faith actors. Right. You can see from the kind of dialogue they have what kinds of people they are in terms of uh, community community members. Like, are, are they trying to be part of the community? Are they trying to be, like, you know, the outsider that just wants to sit back and, and trash on the, the other folks that are there? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, a, like a bouncer at a nightclub. Like, they assess people from, you know, 20, 30 feet away, and they can tell when someone is going to cause problems. Yeah. You can kind of do the same in a Discord server based on like the language that people are using or how they're interacting with people yeah and it's even like it's even usernames it's profile pictures Mm. it's the types the the way they say things it's the types of emote emotes they might use in chat like if you see somebody that's 
like there there's been connections with people using the the pepe frog emote mm. and alt right stuff yeah does everybody do that no they just see funny frog and they want to use emote but if somebody's mm-hmm. consistently using only those types of emotes and it adds in with some kind of tone or rhetoric that they have yeah. within their conversations you might go oh, okay this person is somebody we need to keep an eye on because yeah it looks a little sketchy yeah that's very fair it's wild to me that uh, obviously like having vigilance on this is very very good to have i think personally i have been very lucky in the sense that a lot of the servers and stuff that i interact with like for example our own bmcast server or I'm a mod in the Irish Magic Discord server mm-hmm. and a couple of other ones. They're they're generally like quite small, tight-knit communities or generally speaking have like mostly good people or like that, for example, with the Irish Magic one, an awful lot of people in there know each other just from like going to tournaments or something. And if anybody makes an ass of themselves in there, like they could be very easily yeah. identified. And in the case of Irish Magic because basically everybody knows each other there that in itself is kind of a deterrent from these kind of behaviors but at different scales like the commander or c1 or something like yeah there's a lot of anonymity and Mm. there are a lot of people who think that they can get away with saying something terrible or you know that oh the the mods aren't watching (laughs) you know yeah the mods aren't going to do anything about this but we specifically step in for cases like that and we've we've mm-hmm. actually gotten our community the the folks who are very active in mm-hmm. the commander rc discord know that when somebody is acting out of line to tag the moderators so that we can all come in and take a look and generally we'll have more than one person looking and and you yeah. know weighing in and especially in cases where somebody is having an altercation with a moderator Mm. We'll have a second moderator there that will be the one that makes the judgment call on whether they get timed out or banned or kicked or whatever. Yeah. Uh, any action taken. Is, so there's it's more than one person that's making that judgment call. Mm. I get you. Yeah. So you had mentioned, just to jump back a little bit, you had mentioned a little while ago about you have some sort of basic stuff that you put into most servers to start with. You have yeah. like a you know like a pronoun bot and that kind of thing, and like the announcement channel and all that sorts of stuff. Are there other services or tools or bots and stuff like that that are available if anyone wants to sort of start their own Discord server? Are there any of those sort of things that you think are like absolute must-haves or things that maybe you think that more people should have but people just aren't really using yeah. or utilizing enough? So a lot of folks have some kind of uh, all-purpose bot, whether that's uh, Dino or MeSeeks or YagPDB or there's also Carlbot. There's a lot of them out there. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of different things. That's why I just call them like a general-purpose bot. Mm. Um, They might have little like fun commands. They might actually just do some announcement stuff. They, you know, have like reaction roles and things like that. Uh, but yeah. the key thing that I use them for, aside from like like reaction rules is, is pretty key, is moderation logging. Because Discord right. logs a certain amount of information within that audit log. But having the bot log additional things, like for free, Dino will log whenever somebody deletes or edits their messages. Right. 
it logs users that join and users that leave. It logs when a role is assigned to a user or is taken away. Mm. Having that level of granularity is extremely important from a moderator standpoint, from an mm. admin standpoint of being able to keep track of not only your users, but your moderators. Mm. If somebody has an altercation with a moderator and nobody's around to see, can I go back and see the log to see if something's been deleted? Got it, yeah. Like the mod log is set up so that only admins can delete or edit messages in there so that mm. you know nobody can cover their tracks. Because... <laughs> uh, you know, there can be such things as bad faith moderators too. Sometimes they don't yeah. show up until you've known them for two, three years, and then mm. they make a change of face. It happens. You deal with it. But even with just normal users, being able to see like, oh, somebody insulted somebody else, and then they deleted the message afterwards. Mm-hmm. Discord's built-in audit log shows you, oh, they deleted a message. That's it. It doesn't tell well, you all, yeah. what the message yeah. was. Or maybe they edited their message afterward, um, and they were trying to be trying to be malicious intentionally, mm. like f- initially, but then edited it to cover the tracks. Right. Having the ability to use like Dino to see, okay, that user deleted their message or they edited it afterwards to save face. It's still somebody that you want to like pull aside and, and talk to, yeah. things like that. Or even in some of the most mechanical kind of cases some of the servers i have have a like patreon integration to to synchronize the patreon rules and somebody might say you know i got i got my account linked but it's not giving me the uh patron role that i'm supposed to have mm-hmm. and i think it's on the server side like i think it's on your end and i look in my log and i see the patreon bot has been assigning roles perfectly normally for everyone else and i go hey it's working you know for everyone else yeah. Make sure you go to the Patreon settings here, disconnect your account, reconnect. And then within like 30 seconds, they're like, oh, hey, that worked. Yeah. <laughs> so being able to see like even the automated things like that where, mm. yeah, this this thing is working because I have it logged and the logs say it worked. So Nice, yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that I, I again, as an admin and mod myself uh, in a couple of different servers, it's something that I've never thought to have available is that like full in-depth granular log now thankfully that means that generally speaking we haven't needed it for any particular reason up until this point but like when you do need it you'd be glad it's there for sure i think a lot of that comes from my actual career you know there's folks Mm. that i know that do they moderate or they're an admin on servers because Mm. they're they're maybe like in a tech or it field but being an actual system admin where my job is literally to maintain, monitor, upgrade systems so that all of my end users have mm-hmm. functional stuff to work with, whether yeah. that's you know their computers themselves or the servers they're connecting to and the applications on them. Community administration is like exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I've got you know users that all have endpoint devices. I've got bots yeah. that are like automated things. It, it's all the same. It's just metaphors for, you know, each each section of, you know, thing that I do in, in my real life job versus my fun life job. Yeah, that's wild. Are there any other, um, are there any other, like, tools or, like, even just, like, little things within Discord itself that, like, people should probably just make more use of? 
couple things that are built into Discord that a lot of people don't realize, and it probably would save them a lot of headaches. Uh, in the upper right, there's an inbox, a little Wait, icon what? called inbox. Yeah. Hold on. I'm I'm opening Discord as we speak. <laughs> so there's that little. It looks it looks huh. like an inbox, and when you click it, yeah. it shows you your unread messages and your recent mentions. Oh my god! If you're on the unread one. There's that double checkbox in or check mark in the top right called Mark Inbox as Red. Oh my god. That's it marks unbelievable. Every message, every channel of every server that you're in as red. And it that's gets rid beautiful. of every single one of those little white pips next to a server icon. But Logan, I love you. <laughs> that is a work of art. Oh my god. Here's another one. Uh when you're in a given channel, if you uh hit escape it marks that channel red and drops you to the newest message. Huh. That's also really, Likewise, really cool. Likewise, shift escape does it for the entire server. Oh. Now, you can find all these shortcuts if you hold control and then press... Uh, it's the forward slash key, the one with the, the question mark. It brings up Discord's keyboard combos menu, and it shows you how you can use all these shortcuts, how to navigate Discord, because you can actually use Discord mm. 100% with only a keyboard. You don't That's need awesome. a mouse to click anything. You can tab through all your servers. You can tab through channels, everything from your keyboard. That's so cool. Yep. <laughs> I blow my mind right now, I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah. As someone who's on Discord, like, by default, just on it, all the time yeah. like it, it my second screen here is essentially my discord screen yeah this is honestly mind-blowing and the fact that it's all just been sitting there and i've just yeah. never thought well, to look for it like it's the same thing as as using like any computer right you mm. just you get a new computer you just start using it you do the yeah. same things you've always done on the computer <laughs> yeah. you don't necessarily go out of your way to find the shortcuts but oh i know God. that when i see somebody you know, one of my end users at work Mm-hmm. click the start menu and hit their user icon and then they hit lock to mm-hmm. lock their computer before they step away i'm like you know there's a lot easier way to do that right and they're like it's windows what do you mean right? yeah when windows yeah, yeah. key l locks yeah. the screen <laughs> and they're like oh my god you just blew my mind and i'm like <laughs> this is the same thing you yeah when you take some time to look through and find hot keys or or shortcuts to do stuff saves you mm-hmm. time saves you effort and then and then the even more fun part is you get to blow other people's minds yeah. after your mind has already been blown. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> so now you can just, you know, you, you roll up to your other group, group of friends who are using discord and you're like, Oh, by the way, did you know? And, <laughs> and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know. And then you look like a genius. Please tell me that that is exactly the voice that you use when you go to tell people about these things. Oh, I do it unironically, right? So <laughs> often at work, we'll reference the old Saturday Night Live skit with the your company computer IT guy. Mm-hmm. He just like walks up and he's just like, "Ah, oh, see, you got a problem here. What are we gonna do about it?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, I just you know this thing's not opening, and and I just don't know. It was working before." And he's like, "Move!" <laughs> <laughs> Grabs the keyboard and starts you know taking away. Yeah, God. that is so good. That has actually changed my life. My day to day life is now significantly improved. Thank you, Logan. Uh, 
Right. Before before we round this up, actually, are there any other little bits that you want to pop in or any other, like, anything at all? It could be tips about Discord. It could be tips about managing a community or anything at all. I have a tip for life. Mm. Be nice to people. I think that's one of the biggest things is no matter whether it's something in a Discord or if it's in real life or it's on Twitter, mm-hmm. Reddit, whatever. Sometimes you need to stop and take a step back and think about, like, is it worth it to say anything? Am I adding positive energy to the conversation? Am I, am mm-hmm. I contributing in a good way? Yeah, sometimes you might need to step up and say something if it's, like, a, a hot topic that warrants discussion. Yeah. But I have this, this bookmarked tweet, and it's literally something like, uh, uh, it's okay to not engage in the discourse, TM. <laughs> Mm. yeah and i don't think enough people take the time to you know stop think okay this is the thing that i'm going to say kind and and adding positive energy to the discourse is the thing that i'm going to say something that's going to upset somebody and cause more you know it's it's a big snowball effect of you know somebody says one thing and then somebody Mm. doesn't take it properly and it gets worse and worse as it goes. And then you end up with like the, the hot topic of the day Yeah, getting worse. It just starts as, as maybe a, you know, good faith discussion that ends up poorly for everybody. Yeah. So just be kind to people, be nice to people. Think about how somebody might react. Cause the way you feel about something may not be the way somebody else feels about something. We all like different things. So mm-hmm. stand in the other person's shoes kind of thing. Yeah. Empathy is a powerful thing, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think to sort of slightly embellish on that, I feel like a lot of the time, and I feel like stuff like Twitter and Discord and stuff kind of leans into this a lot, is that it's hard to think of other people on these platforms in particular as anything other than NPCs. Right. Yeah. Because you don't see them. You don't interact in a regular social way face to face so it's very easy to be a jerk to some yes words on a screen realize that that's another human like do you want do you want somebody to do that to you kind of Mm. thing yeah yeah i just like being nice to people i like meeting making new friends and jamming games and not worrying about like (laughs) anything of consequence i just want to play games and have fun and make new friends yeah yeah and eat, eat good food that's the other thing too you know what yes (laughs) <laughs> that especially if it's barbecue i love barbecue oh it is starting to get warmer here i might have to have a barbecue soon yeah mm. yeah yeah mm. it's been too long all right so i guess we'll round things out with a little bit of q a so across both the bmcast discord and twitter we have a couple of questions so first up is from ev the mage on twitter what is your preferred processor for a gaming computer? Obviously leaning more into your tech side of things. Yeah. The AMD Ryzen series has been kicking absolute butt over the last several years, since about 2016 when they came out with their their first Ryzen series uh, CPUs. They've only excelled from tier to tier with that series, and they've just gotten so much better over time. Um, mm. the the 3000 series that came out in 2019 
was probably like the biggest leap a company has made in in processing power in like a long time. And then last year, the 5000 series came out. They just like jumped straight to that. So any any Ryzen, AMD Ryzen uh, processor, generally, if you get the, there's like a 3600 or a 5600, that's like your best bang for buck. Those things are like, like the, whenever they're current, uh, like the 5600X is $300 US at most. Mm-hmm. You can play anything on that. Any, any game you want on that thing, and it's going to keep up. Um, yeah. I love it. I have the 5950X, <laughs> the the top-end nice. enthusiast one. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, my goodness, very powerful. I am fairly certain, Logan, that if you were to see my PC, you would have a heart attack and die. Uh, <laughs> it can't be worse than Brian Kibler's. He sent a photo of that, or he put it on Twitter, uh and okay. they had taken the the case panels off mm-hmm. this is the pc he streams on they had taken the okay. case panels off to fix something and then they left they didn't tie down all the the wires anymore so they just mm-hmm. left the panels off because they couldn't get the, <laughs> the panels closed with all the wires everywhere right. <laughs> so- <laughs> Okay, my PC at least closes. Yeah. But, yeah. So if, you, if your PC closes, you've got a leg up. <laughs> <laughs> mine, is a, mine is a very old um, piece of crap. Ah. It's a... It, uh, like, I built it with a friend of mine uh, helped me build it. Uh, I think the first iteration of this was, like, roughly 10 years ago. Yeah. And I haven't been able to, like, properly upgrade it since. So Mm -hmm. just whenever something, like, craps out or I have an opportunity to slightly improve it, I take the opportunity. Yeah. And I think think it started with a three-core AMD processor. Ooh. And it now has a (laughs) six-core. I would say it would probably be a four because they don't come in threes. (laughs) Yeah, well, you see, that's what we thought, but uh, <laughs> apparently they do. <laughs> but um, yeah, also, uh, Ev the Mage also asks, is an SSD worth it over a HDD, so like a hard disk drive? 100%. Mm. Um, the <laughs> I don't understand why computers come with spinning disk hard drives anymore. Some yeah. budget ones still do. But solid states are so cheap anymore. There's mm-hmm. no reason to not have one in a PC that's a pre-built. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the performance alone is that's that's probably like the number one bottleneck of performance in anybody's given PC is yeah. like, oh, I have a spinning disk hard drive, and like, okay, that explains why your computer is going slow because yeah. it takes so much longer for it to read off of that versus a, a flash, you know, solid state drive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, always worth as, it. As someone who's not particularly tacky, I can also attest to this. Um, yep. When I when I got a, an upgrade for this PC, I changed the main hard drive to an SSD. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the difference was night and day Mm -hmm. i didn't think you would have that much of a difference by changing one single thing but yeah you really did yeah it's huge (laughs) also ev the mage pointed out that if anybody is looking to play mono black and edh abhorrent overlord is an army in a can it's a good way to get sack fodder on a body it's really easy to recur and it works with things like lily on his contract and it's under a dollar so nice Mm -hmm. bit of stonks there as well also 
if in particular you're using like you're doing like mono black devotion and your commander is Ayara, first of Lockthwain, mm. she sees all of those enter, and you oh. do the drain and gain for each one. Oh, mm-hmm. so like you're, oh my my devotion <laughs> my devotion to black is ten. It makes the ten little uh, black harpy tokens. Plus, you see the abhorrent overlord. So you drain eleven, gain eleven. Oh my! Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Stop making me want to build more decks, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I do that to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, did you know about this degenerate thing you can do? And people are like, oh, I can be a degenerate. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, the Joe Cheney on Twitter um, asks, "What is your favorite song by Electric Six? Don't know Electric Six. You don't know any at all? No. They they're the band to do like gay bar." Or Danger High Voltage? I don't think I know them. No. <gasps> I know all sorts of weird, obscure, yeah. and ele- eclectic bands, but I don't know Electric Six. I would say if I if I played a song or two, you would probably know them from like having heard them at some point. I'm, but... I'm sure I probably heard like Danger High Voltage, but I don't like I cannot remember it. Yeah, yeah. I think this question is probably a little more directed to me because. <laughs> I think I have seen Electric Six live more than any other band. I think I've seen them like six or seven times at this point. Yeah. They're not even a particularly favorite band of mine. They're like, they're good. But the mm-hmm. thing is, they come to Ireland every single year. Gotcha. And the tickets are like 20 quid. And the night is just good. Like, they just play like good, like rock music that you can like jump up and down to and like right. have a couple of beers and be like, this was a good night. I see here on their Wikipedia that one of their associated acts is Flogging Molly, who I have seen live. Nice. Yeah. I would say my favorite song is probably Down at McDonald's. It's one of those songs that's like, it's an upbeat rock song that like when the chorus kicks, like you can't help but just jump up and down on the spot. It is like one of those kind of kind of right. songs, you know? So, and it's, it's basically just about going down to McDonald's and getting some food. Like, so, you know. Gotcha. Love of food permeates even music. Uh, Mickey on the BMcast Discord asks, with deck building, how do you balance your fun, other people's fun, and the power level for a deck to bring to an LGS with possibly any person? So like going in blind, I'm assuming. So, so much of that, regardless of what's actually in your deck, comes down to how you play your deck? Yes. Um, that's the this thing is my that- exact answer also. <laughs> There's a, there are a lot of folks out there, especially coming from, I think, the competitive scene that don't... There's, like, a disconnect of, mm. like, ah, this good play card is in my hand. I must play the good play card. Yeah. As soon as possible. Um, and I think that there's a big disconnect on knowing how to temper your play to fit any given pod. Mm-hmm. You know? I sit down with a new pod and I'm playing my zombie deck and I happen to have in my hand Gravecrawler and Phyrexian Altar. Am I going to play that like turn three? No, I'm probably not. I'm going to keep the Phyrexian Altar in my hand and I know that I could play it and probably win with it immediately, but I don't want to spoil the fun for the others. And I'm having fun anyway playing my favorite format and playing zombies and doing stupid Demir stuff. So I think... Building a deck that fits your aesthetics, your flavors, your desired power, as long as you know that you can 
if it's one that you just want to take to an LGS and be able to play with anybody, make sure there's stuff in it or a way to play it that, uh, you know, allows you to keep pace with them, but not yeah. overpace them unless everybody's on board with that same kind of pace. Yeah, for sure. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't try and tune a deck to the nth degree to the point that, like, it's extremely powerful and then just play fewer spells or something because that won't necessarily translate. You know, like, you can't really take, like, a CEDH deck and just play it casually. Yeah. You're just playing a bunch of busted cards. So, yeah. you know, for me, I like, I'm, I'm basically the exact same answer. You know, it is very much a case of, like, all of my decks, I sort of put a general cap on power level generally speaking it's normally uh, a money cap because i find that like putting a, a budget limit on any given deck can really sort of limit exactly how powerful it goes mm-hmm. and from that point it's very easy to adjust you know like if the if the play group you're sitting down to is uh, or the pod you're sitting down to is like a little stronger than you anticipated you just start playing optimally if your deck is a little bit stronger than everything else at the table, you can just sort of take it easy and you can just take make the fun play to have a weird interaction happen that like you might not have seen before or something. Mm-hmm. And that could just be the thing to do. Yeah. And then finally, Andy Flowery on Twitter. What is your favorite four mana enchantment? I saw that reply and I was so happy about it. My favorite four mana enchantment in Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. is Leyline of Anticipation. <laughs> I hope you're anticipating that. So it's, it's important was. to wait for it. <laughs> 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 I love being able to cheat that in, like, you know, pre-game action. Mm-hmm. It's out there. One of my, I would say my favorite mechanic in Magic flat out is Flash. Because I love being able to play things on our turn, comrade. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of mine. What would be mine? Hmm. I'm actually just looking at Scryfall on the four mana enchantments. I was going to say, you just go with like the, the easy answer of smothering time. <laughs> oh, oh, God. No, I am. Yeah, no. I did see that actually Andy Flary had put under it saying that Reconnaissance Mission was probably theirs. And I am a big fan of that. I really like that because it does mm-hmm. two things that I love. Encourages punching people in Commander, not in real life. Punching people with your creatures and also drawing cards. Yeah. They're two of like the coolest things to me. So I'm a big fan of that, yeah. If I had to pick a backup to the, the ley line... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Sheldon Mannery card. It's a Light Minefield. Light I, Minefield. I love Light mm. Minefield. And I have a shiny copy because if you're going tall and not wide, you never have to worry about Light Minefield killing your stuff. Yeah. But it prevents all sorts of token shenanigans. Mm. Or even just like, you know, tribal. You know, they swing three, three, three humans, they all die. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, the flavor text, too. If you want to kill a lot of goblins, just make sure your defenses look like fun. <laughs> <laughs> One that I've actually... If I had to pick a backup as well, Teferi Sageless Insight has been a lot of fun mm. lately. Yep. It's been real good. Someone in the BMCast Discord recommended it to me a couple of months back, and I started putting it into a couple of decks. And, yeah, you get an awful lot of good value out of it. Um, yeah. I know it's just drawing cards, 
and you need to draw have other things that draw you more cards anyway but like it really really adds up fast mm-hmm. all right well logan thank you very much for coming along i still can't get over how much you have changed my day-to-day life with discord <laughs> i i actually like it feels like one of those things right uh, yeah. to, to give an example you know when in in neon dynasty they took uh equipped creatures creatures with auras on them and then creatures with counters and they just call that modified yep. and like they do whatever and have mechanics and stuff that interacts with modified that felt like something that was like so clever and so obvious how did we not see it yeah this is the same kind of thing only for <laughs> discord you've just modified discord yeah um, pun intended again so, so so many folks ask me how how do i handle being in like so many servers well you mute a lot of channels you mute the things you don't need to see and then you utilize the crap out of that read all button Just, uh, mark it all red i i i don't have the mental capacity to do this right now i'll check in on the specific channels i might need to but then just mm-hmm. boom sweeping mark all red awesome awesome so Logan, before we sign off, um, feel free to uh, plug any of your stuff and let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter uh, at Seraf underscore six. The easiest thing to do is just go to links.sector6.net. All words, no, no numbers. That's my links page, and it takes you to all of my socials, my Patreon. I got a Discord server. I got all my deck lists are linked there as well as if you like to see them my world of warcraft characters <laughs> i got everything on there so nice yeah links.sector6.net nice brilliant stuff so uh logan can you tell me uh when will you have a little bit of time to take a look at the bmcast discord server oh uh so after my vacation i think I'll have some time that i can take on some more things uh i just helped fire up a different youtube series mm. the their discord server the elder dragon hijinks oh uh, yeah and so it was like sort of a all right let's fire this up and take a break <laughs> <laughs> and uh go, go on vacation so yeah definitely after vacation i've got a uh i can do yours and i got a couple others and uh funny enough the destiny 2 community that i'm gonna help tweak too nice uh i am sorry in advance for the state of our server <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says. I think, yeah, that's another thing is is I sometimes hop in and I'll see how somebody's like handled their channel permissions and they just have like check, checked every single tick box. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have to do that. Possibly guilty. Uh- yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us here at the BMcast, and a special thanks to our patrons. At the Cheering Fanatic tier, we have Tom Telford, Anthony Burchett, Christopher McCarthy, Edward Whitney, Evil Vanilla Glaze, Ian Holland, Jeff Eaton, Jonas Kong, Matthew O'Neill, Max Makes Magic, MF Peaches, Mini Maya, Morgan Roberts, Munsu Light, Nicholas Martin, Ozan Kaplaner, Scott Hanch, The Jess Guy, The Joe Cheney, Zachary Morrow, and Tim Newman. And at the Stonks tier, we have a nice planeswalker, Alex Gibson, Bo Schwartz-Madsen, Brian A. Madden, Coffee, Everett Brogan, Nerblin, Mickey Paris, Scott Creech, Seamus MC, Simon Grip, Jamie Coyle, and Clyde Anderson. 
Thank you for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you want to support us and add your name to this list of lovely and wonderful people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the BMcast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagiccast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck. <laughs>